the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roscoe Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roscoe Jr. Hello, everyone. I'm George Roscoe. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 76 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the imminent threat to children's health and parental rights nationwide because of California Senate Bill 107. Yeah, unfortunately, George, uh, we're going to have to readdress something we talked about on the show last month, um, and that's this terrible bill, uh, Senate Bill 107, that's now passed both houses of the California legislature and is now sitting on Governor Newsom's desks where one of three things is going to happen. Mm-hmm. There's there's no other options here. Uh, number one, he will sign it into law. He will not sign it, and it will become law by default at the end of the month. Or number three, and this is what we're hoping for and praying for and what we want to discuss today, he can veto the bill. There's still time to do that. Mark, just interesting procedural question. I don't know if you know the answer to this. I've always wondered, do other states have this similar rule in governors for governors where if they don't sign it, it becomes law? Don't they have it the other way around too? If if he doesn't sign it, then it's like a default veto, or correct? I mean, different states do different things, but okay. this is the way it's set up in California. It's been oh. this way for quite some time. So yeah, we're we're not particularly unique in this regard. Other states do do it, but um, yeah, the the burden is on him now to veto this bill. Otherwise, it's going to become the law of the land. Okay. So we should probably give some background, George. I mean, we did talk about this before, but um, th- th- this goes to the issue of gender dysphoria. And um, it, there's this new term that uh, has become known popularly in the industry, in the in school systems, in the medical industry. And it's rugged, rapid onset gender dysphoria. And unfortunately, you know, these new terms uh, carry weight because they represent something that has been at work for some time. It's become sort of a term of art in our culture today and primarily in the public school system for adolescents 
primarily young women who are suddenly identifying with their non-biological gender. So these are typically young women. Uh, it can happen to boys too, but it, more often it happens with young women who suddenly decide, um, I'm not comfortable in the sex that I was born in, my assigned sex at birth. I feel strongly that I am actually a young man. And I want to bring my body parts into conformance with my new identity. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, as we'll discuss, that leads to a whole host of different things that happen uh, that are encouraged by the, the public school system. Well, this bill makes the whole process of going through transitioning, what's called transitioning, um, to a whole new level in California. It, it's very unique. And the authors of this bill are Senator Scott Weiner, infamous Senator Scott Weiner. We've seen him many times. He comes from District 11 in San Francisco. Um, the, the co-authors of the bill are Senator Tony Atkins, District 39 down in San Diego. And Assemblywoman Lori Wilson, who's also up in the Bay Area in Fairfield, out of District 11. So this bill would essentially, George, as you know, make California a sanctuary state for what's called gender-affirming care. But of course, as you know, there's no sanctuary for the children themselves. Correct. And, and this is... You know, when we first did this episode, Mark, last month and just kind of giving an overview and some details of, of SB 107, what, what I couldn't wrap my head around, Mark, was the fact that we went from, let's say, 10 years ago to maybe even five years ago when there was no conversation in, you know, pop culture, you know, in the, in the public square around gender affirming care or sex therapy, or hormone treatments, or top surgeries, and all of that stuff. And we've gone from that to, we must do this. We must provide all of this stuff for free as this as a state. And we have to do this even if we have to override parental rights. And even if we have to do that against parents from all over America, it doesn't matter what state they're coming from, that rapid um, plunge, you know, over the cliff is so concerning. Um, I, I mean, I, I think maybe COVID was the only other thing close to this where it just, you know, the, the ramming of vaccines that had never gone through uh, the, the typical trial phases, right, and testing. Same thing is being applied here. Um, and I, I think we're just going to see victims, over the next few years of, of everything. Um, and that's the sad part. It really is, George. We're not talking about some abstract concept, you know, that, that is, well, this is an interesting law. You know, that this is something that happens in higher academia or, you know, sort of the esoteric academics that want to push the boundaries of sex and gender theory. No, this is having real-world ramifications for our children in the public school system. Um, as you know, um, Abigail Schreier, in her famous book now, Irreversible Damages, chronicles what has been happening, as, as, as you pointed out, George, really in the last 10 years or so, but it's accelerated since around 2015, 
of these mostly young women identifying uh, as the opposite gender. In fact, um, the Heritage Foundation um, found that after 2010, the gender and affirming care drug interventions, when they became widely available, and this happened after 2010, um, the suicide rates spiked in those states that made these drugs widely available. And of course, the proponents of gender-affirming care are, are arguing exactly the opposite. Yeah, They're saying that we have to have this because if we don't, these children who identify with another gender, they're in a psychological crisis. And tremendous pressure is put on parents and school officials to promote children in these identity beliefs. Otherwise, the fear is they will harm themselves, even committing suicide. But as the Heritage study found out, exactly the opposite has happened. The more states that are making this available, these these gender uh, transitioning services, the more the suicide rate has actually increased. 14% is what the Heritage Foundation found. Yeah, that's absolutely astounding. And I guess, you know, the, the rhetorical question is, who, who really has blood on their hands? You know, is, is it people like us who say, no, 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 th- this is going to make it, you know, far worse than it, what it actually is, or the proponents of gender affirming care, uh, which, like you, you pointed out here, the statistics, you know, are out. The data is there. It, it proves quite the opposite. Um, in, in fact, Mark, recently I just listened to a talk where I believe it was the director of health services, the health department in Florida. They actually published, they created a, a website and they published a bunch of information there. Um, and this is June 2002. They call it the uh, Florida Medicaid generally accepted professional medical standards determination on the treatment of gender dysphoria published a, a, in June 2022. And it's a very short, like 46 page report with a bunch of appendices mm. of data and data. Um, and they talk about, you know, gender dysphoria, uh, the desistance of gender dysphoria over time, you know, the attempts for puberty suppression and all of the data that they they present from there is is again in line with the Heritage Foundation found out uh, and in line with other statistics you're going to mention here. Well, yeah, here's the flip side to this statistic because study after study, we don't have time to go into each of them individually, but they all show that when kids are just left alone to figure this out or heaven forbid, when their parents and people that love them actually affirm their gender that was given to them by God at birth, if they're just left alone to figure this out, in 61 to 98% of the cases, they outgrow this gender dysphoria Mm -hmm. and come to just accept and appreciate the gender that they were born with. But if they're not left alone, and that's increasingly, George, what's been happening, a whole host of bad things happen. And and parents, you have to understand that most of the big medical providers in this country are now behind this. Uh, Chalk Hospital here in Orange County, one of the most revered hospital systems, right? Uh, with the, you know, world-renowned experts 
for for children, they have an entire section of dealing with this uh, in in the, their hospital. In fact, I just recently went onto their website, and it's it's very trans oriented. Um, you know, Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. You know, the Boston Medical Center. Like you you go to any major medical practice, you will find this stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we look at SB uh, 107, we think, well, this is so radical. How can anybody uh, actually be promoting this? But unfortunately, as you point out, George, the entire uh, American Psychological Association and American Medical Association are increasingly on board with this. So there's a political, there's a cultural, but there also is a financial incentive for these groups to be supplying these services, and they're, in fact, doing that. So, you know, where does gender-affirming care starts? Well, first, there's a psychological component. You mm-hmm. need to be affirmed in your new gender identity. And, of course, now we need to broker some medical services, and that usually starts with puberty blockers. So Lupron is the is the the drug of choice and that shuts down you know your natural adolescent hormonal cycle which can itself if you're on Lupron for very long have permanent effects you know your voice will change if you're on this for very long and it will never come back but George as you know it doesn't stop there that goes on to cross sex hormones so if you're a young woman and you want to be a boy that means you're going to be on testosterone mm-hmm. And that definitely has permanent effects. In fact, it can lead to sterility. If you have regrets in the future and you want to change back, well, you can do that, but you know, you, you can never get rid of your biological sex, yep. but you're not going to be able to have children. And finally, the last step, of course, is uh, gender transition surgery itself, which is nothing short of body mutilation. And now we also start to have stories of people who have gone through this and regret it, right? We do. In fact, there's a famous clip, and we're going to play that, um, of a young woman uh, named Chloe Cole who actually gave testimony to some of the Senate hearings when this bill was being considered in um, in the state legislature, and uh, she talks about her experience medically uh, transitioning and her regrets. So maybe we can play that now. My name is Chloe Cole, and I am a 17-year-old detransitioner from the Central Valley. I was medically transitioned from ages 13 to 16. My parents took me to a therapist who affirmed my male identity, and the therapist did not care about causality or encouraged me to learn to be comfortable in my body. He brushed off my parents' concerns about the efficacy of hormones, puberty blockers, and surgeries. My parents were given the threat of suicide as a reason to move me forward in my transition. My endocrinologist, after two to three appointments, put me on puberty blockers and injectable testosterone. At age 15, I asked to remove my breasts. My therapist continued to affirm my transition. I attended a top surgery class that was filled with around 12 girls that thought they were men. Most were my age or younger. None of us were going to be men. We were fleeing from the uncomfortable feeling of becoming women. I was unknowingly physically cutting off my true self from my body, irreversibly and painfully. Our trans identities were not questioned. I went through with surgery. Despite having therapists and attending the top surgery class, I really didn't understand all the ramifications of any of the medical decisions I was making. I wasn't capable of understanding, and it was downplayed consistently. My parents, on the other hand, were pressured to continue my so-called gender journey with a suicide threat. I will never be able to breastfeed a child. 
I have blood clots in my urine. I am unable to fully empty my bladder. I do not yet know if I am capable of carrying a child to full term. In fact, even the doctors who put me on puberty blockers and testosterone do not know. SB 107 is circumventing state's laws that have needed safeguards in place so my story is not repeated. Children cannot consent. Vote no on SB 107. Chilling when you, when you hear that. Um, so, George, what does this bill do? I mean, we mm-hmm. talked about this before, but let's just give our listeners a reminder of what this bill would actually do. Uh, number one, uh, it it enables courts in California to take jurisdiction over child custody matters. So, for example, uh, let's say um, you're a child and unfortunately your parents have divorced and you're living in Texas, which has laws against gender affirming care. And you're living there, let's say, with your, you know, with your mom. And you have a father here in California who shares custody with you. Well, if in Texas, um, you're feeling like you're not the gender you were born with and you want to t- transition and start services, California encourages you to come to this state regardless of what the laws are in Texas or Florida or other states that have uh, that restrict gender-affirming care services. And we will uh, take custody of you for the purpose of getting these medical services. So, George, this flouts Article 4, Section 1 of the United States Constitution, which is the Full Faith and Credit Clause, which basically says that the states have to recognize, acknowledge, and observe the laws of other states. California now is going against that. So just like California is becoming and has become the abortion sanctuary state, they want to become the gender-affirming care sanctuary state. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, this pits state against state and parent against parent. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're putting parents at war with, with each other. And we're incentivizing minor trafficking across state lines to give them these body mutilation and gender-transforming care medical service. But, but, Mark, this could also happen, or let me ask the question, can this also be the case you could have both parents in Texas, and if I'm a rebellious 15-year-old and I I get myself to California as a child, what happens in that case if I want gender-affirming care and both of my parents are in Texas and they don't want that for me? That's the really chilling part of this. So if you have any contacts in, in the state of California, a friend, you mm-hmm. know, another family member, who not one of your parents, yeah. you know, not, not someone in custody of you, if you can make your way to California, George, under this law, the state will step in and protect you for the purposes of getting gender transfer. So the state will become your legal guardian for it's, whatever the court determines. Whatever the court determines. And now they're empowered to, to do exactly that. Say what? It's a say what moment. So this isn't, Mark, just for people in California. Please, wh- whoever is listening right now to this radio show or this podcast, please understand this has nothing to do with just California, even though we're talking about a California bill. It has everything to do with parents everywhere in the United States. You can foresee a mass exodus of minors out of other states, most of which are acting responsibly to be good parents and good stewards of their, of their minor charges Mm -hmm. to California 
for these incredibly controversially and destructive medical services. Wow. It's unbelievable. In fact, George, it even goes further than that, that it actually tells, it changes our penal code in California, telling law enforcement, don't investigate matters of child custody when when the when the the controversies over gender affirming care make it a low priority we don't wow. want you getting involved in these things and we don't want you enforcing the laws of other states regarding custody matters it changes the penal code to to uh, flout federal extradition law so this this is a law that if it makes it to law um it will definitely have to be challenged by other states. Yeah, and it will be. There's no question about this. I mean, this is a clear violation in my mind of the United States Constitution. But in the meantime, George, all that takes time, and there's no guarantee in today's culture that these cases will win or that they'll be turned over. And this will be the law of the land in California and, as you state, have effects all over the nation. Yeah, this is absolutely crazy. So, so Mark, this undermines parental rights. This undermines uh, just the, the the Constitution in terms of how state versus state needs to, you know, kind of work together. We're not two independent countries. We are states that are part of the same union, the same United States of America, right? It's supposed to be. So, so what can parents do about this? What can our listeners do in this particular instance where what Governor Newsom has until the end of September, right? To Yeah. Yeah. He, um, I mean, this is a long shot to be honest with you, but duty is ours. Results are God's. We need to take action, George, to appeal to the governor to veto this bill. That, that is our only hope at, at this point. So, Parents, uh, concerned citizens, you need to go to the governor's office, find out the phone number. You can just Google, you yep. know, Governor Newsom, the governor's, the, there's contact information there, write emails. There's a form that you can fill out right on the, the governor's uh, a site or better yet, call him and tell him to veto this bill, and we need to do this en masse. He needs to hear from hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, yeah. And, and Mark, um, I actually found that Family Policy Alliance, if you just Google Family Policy Alliance open letter to Governor Newsom, they already have a, a pre-written letter. You can just put in your information, hit the send button, and it automatically sends an email to them. Uh, to the governor's office on this particular topic for SB 107. Um, we highly, highly, highly encourage every listener right now from wherever you are in America, please take the time this month of September. This is it before September, you know, 30th. Is he, like Mark said, if he doesn't veto it, if it doesn't sign it, it, it still automatically becomes law. So we're, we're stuck. Oh, Mark, this is horrible. Yeah, it, it really is. So, you know, yes, please do sign on to the Family Policy Alliance letter. That that petition is important. But also call the governor yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, everybody needs to turn out to uh, to appeal to him and uh, pr- pray for him. Pray for the governor that common sense will prevail 
and that he will really think about this. Well, unfortunately, George, that's all the time we have for today. Um, you can find more information about this on our website um, where you can find our brochures, watch and share our many videos. Um, you can request either George or I to come speak at, at one of your, your venues. And finally, it's important for us to mention, George, I think that if you value these discussions that we have every week, if you think the work of Protect Our Kids is important, we are completely funded by donations. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we, we do ask that you strongly consider um, maybe uh, providing some generosity to our organization so that we can continue doing the mission that, that we've been given. There's a red donate button right on the front of our website. And just so our listeners know, we have actually a new um uh, program called the Guardian Angel Program. Uh, if you want to be a guardian angel to children uh, and help protect them and and uh, from all of this chaos and the monstrosities that are being pitted up against them, especially in California, especially in blue states, but all across the country, uh, we invite you to join us. So uh, until next time, thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Say What, the radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roscoe Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.